Hi guys, welcome back to Make It Make Sense. My name is Sebi Tennyson and here with me is... Joshua Matosha. Awesome. So on today's episode, we previously spoke about best times to buy stocks and we talked about the seasonalities of said stocks, right? So we talked about, you know, the January effect, sell may go away and other months and the October crash as well. But recently we've been noticing a different type of trend where August, which is estimated to be one of the worst months for stocks has actually not been doing too bad. And it is estimated that September is actually going to be stronger and we're going to dive into what the reasons are for this and how do we best position ourselves to make any profit or capitalize on any gains currently. So Joshua, why do you think the stock market is doing better than predicted? And what do you see in the future for us? Yeah, so this is actually something that surprised many on Wall Street. If you watch CNBC, you see many of the commentators there talking about you know, how shocked they are that the market won't just stop ripping, <laughs> you know, and um, many financial managers from different institutions come on there and they're like, they don't even know mm-hmm. what's going on. But mm-hmm. part of the reason I think why the market is still ripping is because of the Fed and their mm-hmm. asset purchases. So since the beginning of the year, we've been hearing, you know, inflation, 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 you know, and typically when the economy has inflation, the Fed will begin to reduce their asset purchases. You know, in that way, trying to contract the amount of money in the system. You know, what do you mean by reduce their asset purchases? Can you explain on that, please? Yeah. So simply, that just means they'll reduce how many, how much in bonds they're buying. Okay. So, but because of COVID, you know, because between February and April, we saw COVID cases decline. So that was good. And if you look at the charts, the more industrial reopening stocks were doing way better mm-hmm. than the tech stock. However, yeah. you know, the ending of May, June, we, st- we started to see a resurgence of the Delta variants, you mm-hmm. know, and that just had everyone scratching their head that what are we going to do? You know, yeah. Because the Fed is not, they're not going to start tapering when the economy is still kind of weak. And this yeah. is the same thing we feel dealing with today. If yeah. you go and look at our the employment numbers have been weak, so weak. Last week, we had the job numbers. We're estimated to get 720,000 jobs back, but we only got like, I think it was 230 or 240,000. Yeah, know? that was so really that, poor. So that just shows how you still have a long way to recovery in this economy. And that's why I think the Fed are still taking their time because early in the year, Jay Powell, who's the president, who's the chairman of the Fed, says, mm-hmm. said that they're using the employment numbers to gauge economic recovery yeah so whenever the employment numbers start getting stronger and stronger then that's a sign that okay you know the fed are going to start tapering very soon but we haven't had that so that has everyone scratching their head because typically seasonality says that august is more of a muted month that means Mm -hmm. we're usually slightly down and september is supposed to be like a bad month and october just like you said earlier but with the Fed, you know, still relaxing on the tapering. And that is kind of like the alcohol. That's like the punch for mm-hmm. the market. I think the party, it looks like the party is going to keep going on until yeah. eventually employment numbers get strong. And even with that, who, who knows what will happen? Who knows when that will happen? I guess for me, what I'm thinking is because any unemployment benefit, people are already rallying and saying, hey, the government has given out enough money. Because one thing that's been going around is 
lower ending jobs like your retail stores and any food chain or food supplies or, you know, Walmart and co they're having issues with employment. And that's because some people are, or most people are actually realizing that their benefits are worth more than them working at home in a sense that some of them have been receiving more money according to some data than they were when they were working. So why should they go back to work? Yeah. So now people are estimating that the job numbers are going to climb back up come September 11th, because that's when all employment, all unemployment benefits are going to stop. So do you think that this is going to affect uh, tapering news that it will make it come sooner rather than later? Because if everyone floats back into the workforce, it means that tapering would begin, at least talks of tapering will begin to increase interest rates. That's what tapering is. So what do you think about that? I definitely do agree with that, you know, because like you said, on the 11th of September, those benefits are going to expire. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like the watch and see approach. I mm-hmm. think it's rational to believe that, obviously, you know, when this um, benefits expire, we'll see everybody go back to work. But this year has been full of surprises. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> you know? has. So I would like to see what happens. But I think it is safe to assume that at least we should start seeing a slow climb back in our employment numbers after those unemployment benefits expire. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I guess the only question or the next question I'm going to ask is how concerned should the regular investor be? Should we like rush into the market and be like, hey, you know, unemployment and it's going to go up. So let's rush and put the market because what I am actually observing is that Many of all these hedge fund guys are back from the holiday and they're like, man, we have been sitting in cash expecting tapering and expecting things to crash. But the market has been breaking, you know, having record highs each and every month. Right. Every other quarter, you know, record breaking numbers. And we're already approaching the fourth quarter, the last quarter before they, uh, before they release their earnings, you know, and you're competing against themselves. Nobody wants to be like, oh, I have all this money in cash, whereas your competitor is having 200 plus returns. So do you think that this is what is actually making the market break all time highs because a lot of people have been holding cash and that influx of cash is being returned back into the market because no one has been doing anything with it. And also even the real estate market, some people are scared about it. So they're not putting their money in real estate anymore. They're moving it back into the stock market. Some people have taken profit off of Bitcoin, Tesla and co. So they have all this cash and it's going back in there. So would you say that people should not buy in September or in your wave and see approach or should they do some kind of, you know, dollar average type deal or what would you recommend ish? Because this is not advice. This is like, what would your strategy be in this market? Yes, that's a great question. But before I answer, I think I have to go back to the first question you asked as to why the market is still ripping, especially technology, even yeah. with everything going on. So another factor is the GDP, you know, mm-hmm. and that basically measures kind of the strength of every economy. So due to the Delta variant, you know, a lot of the recovery we thought we were going to see this year has been delayed. And that has kind of reduced the GDP forecast by Goldman Sachs. We saw that yesterday. And what this means is that tech will be better, right? Because typically whenever a c- country doesn't grow that much, when you look at the high flying tech stocks, like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, typically those companies grow their revenue way, way faster than any economy. 
So rather than putting it in slow, you know, and kind of the dinosaur industry like banking, at least the traditional banks, or in industrials, many funds would rather put that money in big tech and some even in speculative tech. So that's another reason because if you look at what happened early this year, tech was lagging, you know, but tech has surpassed both the S&P and the Dow Jones and the Mm -hmm. small caps as well, right? So that's another additional reason. So now to answer your question as to what an investor should do this September, Mm -hmm. I think I would still like to see how the market reacts. Since we have that expiry of the unemployment benefits of September 11th, I think that's either a Friday or Saturday. I want to see what the market does next week. You know, so starting from Monday, I'll be able to start having a bias, whether the market is still taking it well, because we've had a lot of bad news coming to the market. Could it just be because of all the money that the government pumped into the hands of hedge funds and into the market? Could could this just be like pseudo profit, right? Because it's just pumping up the bubble and we're going to expect like a big crash because that's what a lot of people are expecting because it's like, where is all this money coming from? We've not done anything yet. We have all of this money, you know, from interest rates, you're able to borrow for free and, you know, put it toward tech stocks that are a lot riskier. So what happens when tapering news comes in and then they have to be more careful, they have to pay back all those interests and things like that? Are we going to just and fall to the ground? How is 2022 going to look like? How is the rest of the month going to look like yeah. when tapering stocks, uh, tapering talks begin, actually? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, so just like you were saying before, if you watch CNBC, you see many of these hedge fund people come on and say they're so confused. Yeah. Because they've been waiting for a dip to buy for forever, but that dip never <laughs> came. You know? Yeah. And their fellow, you know, competitors that put their money to work are going to have <laughs> way higher returns than them. Yes. Right. So I think next year is going to be very, very interesting because mm-hmm. that's where we see, you know, whether the COVID effects are going to taper off. We're going to see how that taper that tapering off is going to affect our GDP. Also, how the market will take a tapering talk from the so what I'm getting is that we're not going to necessarily expect the January effect anymore. Like, you know, the Santa Claus and the January effect where things are always going to be good, where the market typically rallies is going to be a lot different than what we're used to. So if anyone was like excited, like, yeah, Christmas and January is coming, things are going to go up. You might be surprised that things don't. And this podcast is to forewarn you that, uh, not saying it's not going to go up guarantee because again, it's the market, right? It's who the whales control it. So if the whales are like, we want money, money is going to come from somewhere. But I'm saying that I don't think we should have that expectation until we see how the market reacts after September 11, because new job numbers are going to come out. And I am expecting that as a result of the fact that most people are not going to have those benefits, they're going to go back into the workforce and the expectations are going to, we're going to beat expectation in terms of unemployment numbers because more people are going back since they don't have the unemployment benefits to rely upon anymore. So what, what do you think about that? So to be honest, I'm keeping an open mind. Because, yeah. <laughs> an open mind is good. <laughs> open mind and closed hands. <laughs> many people forecasted that the Fed were going to taper in August. You know, yeah. We made consecutive all-time highs for like five days. Just kept making all-time highs. But it didn't make sense, though, <laughs> if not for the Delta variant. Because like 
the the statistics showed that COVID cases were going down. So it was, and as things were reopening and more and more states were reopening, it did make sense that things were going to get back to normal because initially job numbers were going back up slowly but surely. But unfortunately, Delta happened and Delta was even worse than her sister. It's like mutated and it's worse, right? Mm-hmm. And now the numbers are going back up again. So people are like, hey, are we going to go on lockdown? Are we going to go back home? Is this going to mean like more employment, unemployment benefits? What's going to happen? It wasn't far-fetched, but COVID, again, cemented itself here and said, I'm not going anywhere. So here we are. So I think if you look at what has happened since the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. many people say, oh, you know, we haven't had a correction for so long. But I think this year has been a series of rolling corrections. What happens at the rotation? The whole market doesn't just come down. There's value somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. that, that just says how strong the stock market is. If you look at the earnings of the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, even the small caps, it's a record. More companies are beating earnings now than ever before. You know, even with analysts raising expectations, especially tech companies, that just shows how much the world is moving to a more digitized and technology-based um, operation. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's another thing to consider. I think if we see employment numbers go up sharply, I think we might see another rolling correction. Maybe tech takes a break. Yeah. And cyclicals, reopening stocks, because I think the, the market will have an assumption that if more people are going back to work, maybe they'll have more money to spend. Maybe they'll True. go more vacations. Maybe they'll buy more stuff. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So I guess maybe my strategy for going into this uncertain market would definitely be playing with safe stocks for sure. You know, like your Apples, your Disney's stay off risky stuff. Don't try to gamble. That, that's if you are risk averse, but if you're a risky investor, you know, a little bit kind of like myself, I would dabble on some of those stocks that got beat down a lot. You know, like some of the Asian names, you know, like Baba, Baidu, Didi, some of those ones are stocks that I'm really interested in because if things get better or if, I mean, if things don't get better, like for the US, you know, everybody is trying to go see how they're going to make money. And we already know that this Asian names were beat up really badly. So the next course of action, if tapering happens, is either to maybe possibly go into crypto assets, right? Where it's riskier, but it could get maybe a little bit of return or maybe go into uh, Chinese stocks that have already gotten super beat up. So I'm I'm thinking that might be the idea of some of these big guys to make money before the Santa Claus effect or anything like that. But again, that's for risky. But if you're like, hey, I'm safe. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't want to lose any money. I'm very risk averse. What do I do? I would say stay with the safe guys, the guys we always know, the apples. Yeah, what do I you think? agree with you. I definitely agree with you, especially with the Chinese names. Actually, I was yeah. reading earlier, the Uber of China, Didi, yeah. they took, they've been getting hit for like weeks. Yeah. Now. And today I was reading an article that the Chinese government are actually investing in Didi. Wow. So They're investing or invested? They're investing. Oh, that's good. That's very good. So, like you said, some of those Chinese names have value. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, Baba, Baidu, and some of those. And I'll also look at some reopening stocks. You know, yeah. and I feel with those reopening stocks, they're all not equal. You know, we're not True. just going. <laughs> all fingers aren't equal. <laughs> any any company that is is gonna um, benefit from the reopening. 
Right now, there's a company I'm looking at. It's called Booking Holdings. The mm-hmm. typical symbol is BKNG. Once again, this is not a recommendation. <laughs> no, it's not advice. <laughs> yeah. So what they do is that they help with the booking of, you know, flight tickets. If you want to book mm-hmm. a rental car when you travel, a hotel, they help with all of that, you know. And this is just based off of technicals. I think it, it wants to break out. So it's just something you can keep on your watch list to see. But apart from that, I also like the FANG. Right. Yeah, the fangs are always a good one. Yeah, always a good because they're safe. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get affected so much by a taper because their balance sheets are incredible. You know, and of the fangs, I think my favorite right now are Apple and Amazon. And the That's reason is because they haven't performed as well as Facebook and Google. Mm. And even Netflix, you know, Netflix. I actually am not a big fan <laughs> of Netflix. I feel like Netflix is like, you know, when you like fatten the cow. And something just implodes. I feel like, yeah, Netflix is going to give us a a whammy and like, you know, a series of some people are expecting some kind of investigation because allegedly they released this particular show that was very inappropriate. And um, some of the Senate House represented, they sent some letters to the CEO and some other things like that. So they're expecting them to sue them. Now, this is just allegedly. It's not guaranteed. I don't know how that case is going to unfold, if it's going to be pursued, but an investigation is something that people are potentially working on. And also, I am still stuck by how they're going to be able to clear off their debt in terms of bringing revenue, because I don't know about y'all, but Netflix is really not dropping anything memorable. (laughs) Like, it, it really isn't. Yeah, money heist. Honestly, the last season was, you know, yeah. I know people might argue and be like, oh my gosh, no. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing. I feel like they don't have that it factor anymore. There was a period like back to back to back. Netflix had us on chokehold. So if anything, I would still rather Apple and Google is would be my favorite of the fangs for sure. Google is very strong. I like Google. It is. It is. But yeah, so that's all for today, guys. Thank you for sticking out with us and listening to us talk about just honestly be as confused as you all are because the market is playing <laughs> games <laughs> and it's acting really weird. But as long as you're a long-term investor, you don't have to be worried about it. It's just something to be aware of because we're in a really different times unprecedented because of COVID and a lot of factors that were not considered before, like interest rate being at zero, tapering talks, that much money being pumped to the market and the economy, debt rising exponentially. So there's so much going on. So we hope that after hearing this episode, you're interested in investing and going into stock markets. So have a good one, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.